0: Hey there, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of When Life Happens. And today I'm joined with Karen Whitehead. She's a social worker in Alpharetta, Georgia in private practice, and she's going to share her journey through being a caregiver. Thanks for coming on with me today. Absolutely,
1: it's my pleasure.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about your practice where it's Alpharetta, but what do you do?
1: What do I do? I help um, adults and caregivers who are struggling with anxiety and um, overwhelm and who are losing sleep and feeling um, guilty about all their responsibilities and things they have to do. I help them sleep better and reduce their anxiety and be more than, than what they're doing, more than those responsibilities and doctor's appointments.
0: Mm. Well, and you know this firsthand. So this is another example <laughs> of how our own stories influence the direction of our practice. Practice. It's funny yeah. how
1: that happens.
0: How long have you been in practice for?
1: I've been in practice three years.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, how long have you been a caregiver?
1: I've been a caregiver probably at least seven or eight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Kind of. You know, it, it started as as more minimal, mm-hmm. um, and then um, it actually started while I was still in school, getting mm-hmm. my MSW, and um, my dad had passed away several years earlier and my mother was living out of state mm-hmm. and something would happen and I would have to fly up and, and that was okay. That was working. Um, and then she had a, a fire in her apartment building
0: oh, whoa. and
1: um, no one was injured thankfully, but a lot of things kind of transpired around that time. And I had to, to move up to Ohio, you know, go up to Ohio and she ended up moving down here
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and
1: then had some really significant health problems Mm -hmm. after she moved, um, that required kind of daily doctor visits and, Mm. um, and I took a leave of absence from school, which was really difficult, um, Mm -hmm. because I was so excited to, to go back to school and to get my MSW and start on this journey. And the decision to put it on hold was really difficult. Um, but I knew I couldn't, um, really give her what she needed. If mm-hmm. I was trying to work part-time, going to school, taking care of her, I had to, had something had to give.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, so I made the decision to do that. And that was, that was the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to really focus on what she needed during that time. And then six months later, went back to school.
0: Would you say that, that it sounds like the caregiving kind of creeped up
1: It did. It started slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she moved down, and I knew that um, you know she would need more. And she lives very close to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't anticipate her needing assisted living and that Mm -hmm. level of care as as quickly as she did. Mm -hmm. But she um, fell and actually broke her hip and neck in the same fall. Oh my Um, gosh! And so it was a a kind of rushed decision um, about you know what was Mm -hmm. what was next steps. And, you know, thankfully we were able to, to do that and make it, she was able to, to do that. So we, um, then it, it ramped up quite a bit. So when she was independently living and I was just kind of, you know, checking in and having lunch and seeing her like that, um, it went from that to lots of doctor's appointments and, and needs and grocery shopping and financial needs and managing the checkbook, that kind
0: mm-hmm. of thing. So why private practice?
1: <laughs> because private practice, is, I knew when I went back to school and went into this, that that was what I wanted. I uh-huh. wanted something that I could structure around what I needed, not only in helping my mom, but also in taking care of me. Yeah, That it affords me the flexibility that I need because I still have kids at home
0: uh-huh. as well. So
1: I, I'm really part of that sandwich generation that, we're hearing Mm -hmm. more and more about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I still have kids at home, And so being able to have that flexibility of the days that I work, the hours that I work um, and someone not telling me I have to be there nine to five.
0: But how does that work? I mean, I think it's having had a loved one and assisted living all that. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's it's assisted, but it requires a lot of work still. You know, and how, How have you had to adjust your business as it's grown and, and yeah, you've been growing in your business. Yes. How do you adjust that to, as your mom has more needs mm -hmm. or as, you know, if a fall happens or, you know, blood levels go wrong and you have to go back, you know, all that stuff. Right. Right. How do you manage that?
1: So so part of what I did recently was actually move my office to Alpharetta, which is much closer to where she is. So mm-hmm. I can pop in for shorter, more frequent visits, um, which helps me a lot just in in my planning. And when the unexpected things come up, part of that is really having people that I trust, mm-hmm. um, being very familiar with the people where she is, knowing that if she's calling me for something, um, absolutely, I'm going to get back to her. but it's more urgent if I get a call from somebody at at where she is at the assisted living, Mm -hmm. because then I know something's happened, right? They don't call unless something's happened. Mm -hmm. So part of it is learning my triggers for what's an immediate need Mm -hmm. and what is something that I can tend to at the end of my day. Mm -hmm. So I've, I'm still learning. It's still a process, right? Mm -hmm. But how to, how to manage that in my day, that I don't go off the rails when you know we talk, and there's something that's maybe urgent for my mom, which I, I understand and I validate, right? But I don't necessarily have the bandwidth to deal with it right then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, being able to do that, and then there's you know, there have been times um, where I've had to call a client and say, I- I'm so sorry, I have to reschedule, something's you know, something's come up with my mom that I have to tend to, and um. And so, part of that, I think, helps my clients because I'm human too. Stuff stuff happens, and mm-hmm. ha- life happens, as your series is right. And and I have to to deal with that, and then pull it all back together.
0: How much do your clients know about your caregiving role? Um, it, I would say it
1: depends on my clients. Uh-huh. Um, clients who are in caregiving, certainly, when it's you know clinically appropriate, I may mm-hmm. share. Um, that I, that I do that. Um, I think, you know, right now things with my mom are great, very stable, you know, not gone wood, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: but if something were to come up, um, like she broke, she broke her femur a couple years ago. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: She's she's wonderful. She's the energizer bunny that you would, you would know (laughs) it now, but, um, if something like that were to happen or there would be a hospitalization or a major fall or something where I knew that that was going to impact more of my time and kind of mm-hmm. the schedule that I've created, then yes, I would, I would definitely let them know that that was going on and I may have to cancel or I may have to reschedule or shift a time or mm-hmm. so that they're aware.
0: Yeah. Going
1: on. Cause I, I do think it also makes me human.
0: I agree. And I think, mm-hmm. well, and I, I preach this a lot that we're not doing our clients any favors if we're not yes, like being human (laughs) and -hmm. protecting them from like the realities. I mean, you know, and um,
1: sleepless nights or the,
0: yeah. And I, I personally like to take the stance, like when something like that's going on to let them know enough of like, so that they can prepare and plan. I don't Mm -hmm. want to like, throw a surprise on them if I don't have to. I just feel like it, it, to me, it feels like the kinder option. (laughs) Um, Yeah, not to have them manage me or anything, but just to be like, you know, just so that they feel like thought of in the midst of whatever is going on. Going on. Yeah. Absolutely. What has it been like for you in learning to take care of yourself? I know we talk a lot about self-care and that word can get really... I think it's lost its,
1: its meaning,
0: mm-hmm. but what do you think has been important for you in learning to manage that role as caregiver, but also mm-hmm. as daughter to the mm-hmm. person that you're caregiving and mm-hmm. mother and all these other things?
1: Um, I think for most people, me included, you know, guilt definitely creeps in of I, that I should, right? I should on myself. I should be doing more. I should to be spending more time with my son because he's going to be going off to college, you know, in the next year or so mm-hmm. I should be spending more time with my mom. Um, so the shoulds definitely creep in. So I, I try to keep a handle on that and really acknowledge what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have really open conversations with my mom and with my family. If I have a really busy week and I'm not going to be able to, you know, be present as much for either. I, I, I let them know. That's heads mm-hmm. up too. Um, so I think the self-care piece for me, rather than just saying I need to do self-care, I look at, okay, how many things do I have going on that really drain me? Mm-hmm.
0: And how many things
1: do I have that, that energize me or nourish me? What, you know, how do I balance my week? Because there's always going to be things that drain me, but how do I, you know, balance that out. And so I have some regular things in my week that I do every week mm-hmm. that I, I can look forward to, and I know that's coming, and that's, you know, my happy place. I also, you know, meditate regularly, mm-hmm. which has made a huge difference. And I, I teach mindfulness as well. So um, I, I believe in it and I practice it. That mm-hmm. being in the moment mm-hmm. can really help those things that do drain you mm-hmm. um, feel you know, not as draining. They may not feel nourishing, but maybe they don't suck the life out of you.
0: Do you notice that guilt, that guilt come up as a therapist in your role there as well? In my role
1: as a therapist?
0: Like when it comes in relationship to the caregiving aspect of like, or do you feel like, like when it becomes hard to manage or stuff comes up Mm -hmm. with your mom? Um, Maybe not. I don't know that
1: guilt's the right word. Mm. I mean, I I definitely, you know, have a sense of responsibility
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to my clients and, and want them to, um, to understand, you know, what's going on for me. If there's something going on, not it, not in that I I don't want them to take care of me, Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: in that I want them to know what's going on so that we can plan accordingly for what we need. Um, I don't know that it's really guilt though. Yeah. And I do, um, I love my business and I am, I love being with the clients that I'm with and, Mm -hmm. um, and it does, this is part of what nourishes me is, is being with my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also know that, that, you know, priorities, um, my family is, is a huge priority to me. And and I think my clients know that too. Yeah. That's, um, so if it's between, okay, you know, I'm seeing a regular client who's not in crisis, hopefully, mm-hmm. and, and I've got something going on either at home or my mom that's really pulling my attention, my family's probably going to win out. And oh, I'm going to yeah. find a way to, you know, to accommodate the client in a different way.
0: Right. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision, to setting your fee, to getting you legally covered, and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started.
1: So kind of owning that that is my
0: truth. And a value. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and it just reflects in how you handle those situations where, when an emergency comes up, and mm-hmm. yeah, how do you deal with fatigue?
1: Fatigue, just being tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because I also work with a lot of compassion fatigue. So uh-huh. when you say fatigue, I kind of go in different directions.
0: It's like the uh, tiredness. I mean, it's, you've got a lot going on. I do. And like hearing about it, it right. <laughs> I feel tired. You're getting tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
1: think about it. Sometimes I feel tired. Um, sleep is a huge priority for me. Mm-hmm. Um. I yeah. I absolutely. I prioritize that. I I try to get to bed at a reasonable time, um, and that's part of that goes back to part of that flexibility in private practice. Mm-hmm. I don't start my day at nine o'clock. I start mm-hmm. my day around eleven,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that I can exercise. I can you know have a an easier morning with my son as he's leaving for school. I can check in or do my mom's finances, or you know I have that time to kind of pay attention to those things, mm-hmm. and then when I'm at work, I'm at work and I can start my day and I'm not interrupted with those other things.
0: And then when you're not at work, you're mm-hmm. not at work, you know, like, I think exactly. that's the thing of like, sometimes as business owners, the work kind of bleeds into our evenings or nights or, you yeah. know, but protecting your sleep and mm-hmm. the other things you need to do is important as well.
1: And that that's one of the things I've really gotten out of doing boot camp, and, and hearing from other practice owners, what they, how they're running their practices um, and paying attention to myself Mm -hmm. that I know if I'm going to see a client at six or seven o'clock at night, I'm not happy. I don't like doing that. I like to be home and cooking dinner and, Mm -hmm. and that's um, so I adjust my schedule so that I'm not seeing clients then. I mean, if an emergency comes up, I, you know, depending on what it is, I may accommodate that, but on a regular day to day, it's being very protective of, of what is my schedule and adhering to that. And yeah. Um,
0: so. so when you think about what's to come in terms of, are there things that you try to plan for as a caregiver? Like I, th- I feel like sometimes it can be very reactive or do you try to kind of plan routine? Participate. Yes. A little bit. <laughs>
1: Um, I would love to be able to anticipate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think like as caregivers, sometimes it can feel that way. Like you're,
1: you're reactive. Well, because sometimes it really is. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say, okay, there might be a fall or there might be something. Sure. And how do I want to respond to that? But the truth is when that happens and I get that call
0: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe, you know, we're in the ER all night and I'm exhausted and you know, then what? I mean, I am reactive. Um, right.
0: But then you also have a routine.
1: Right. And I pay attention again to those values. Mm-hmm. What, what's important to me? Am I, can I really be present for my clients if, I, if I've been in the ER all night and not slept? Probably yeah. not very well. Yeah. So I have choices. I can come in and say, hey, just heads up. I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, or I can reschedule, which is yeah. probably more often what I try to do. Um,
0: so if someone is finding themselves kind of newly in the caregiver role, mm-hmm. what would you want to say to them if they're kind of new to this, this position in life? I don't think right. it's something people are excited to do per se. I mean, it's a value to take care of people you love, but you don't yes. want them to need to, you know, you want, right. you want, you want your mom to be in Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: yes. So, what would so you there's some that? sadness in there too. Yeah. Um, so I would tell them, you know, one thing that's really helped me is having people that I trust
0: mm-hmm. where she
1: is and really knowing them and and knowing that I can trust them if I can't get there right away, mm-hmm. um, that there are people that I can trust. But also, you know, and I, I know the buzzword self-care, but tending to what do you need first? Because just like the, the oxygen mask on the plane that, you know, we all use that example, but it's a good one. That if I'm not okay, then I'm not going to be able to sustain taking care of her. Yes, I can do it in the moment. We can all rally, and you get that burst of adrenaline, and and you can do it. But you can't sustain it. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's a long time illness, if it's cancer or it's something chronic or um, just aging um, that isn't likely to get better, but is likely to have more and more needs associated with it. Um, Working at how how can we plan and anticipate some of that Mm -hmm. and how how might you handle that if you are working in a job that is not as flexible, what are your options? Mm -hmm. Really thinking about those, those supports and how to do that has been really helpful.
0: And what do you want to say to someone who's been caregiving and they are tapped?
1: It's okay to take care of yourself. A lot of it is, um, you know, you're, the person you're caring for often feels that they're a burden mm-hmm. and they really want the caregiver to take care of themselves. So mm-hmm. sometimes having those conversations can be really enlightening. Mm-hmm. That, okay, your, your parent or your spouse or whoever it is really does feel like a burden. Mm-hmm. So how can you communicate that so that you do have some time to yourself that that isn't just your responsibilities.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what I love about knowing you and your story is that you do live your priorities out, and you still have made your business something that nourishes you. Mm -hmm. And is part of like what makes you a great caregiver too, you know, like they both complement each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> how you help caregivers and people who have been diagnosed with chronic illnesses and cancer and things like that. And then also how you use that business as a way to energize you so that you can continue caregiving for your mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a learning
1: sad. process. I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, was, you know, you try something and say, "Oh, well, that didn't work very well." <laughs> we'll have to, we'll have to find a new way.
0: Yeah, do. yeah, and I think with each, like, especially if there's something chronic, mm-hmm. um, each phase or pivot in the illness, yes, it's it's kind of a reevaluation mm-hmm. and a new feeling it out and it to is. find what works. That's the beauty of practice, though, I think, is that it allows for that flexibility. And when you can build that in and your clients know that that's part of Mm -hmm. your role, um, you can attract clients that are flexible with that, too, you know, and understanding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, it is an encouragement that, like, you don't have – like caregiving doesn't always have to mean that that becomes your sole role and that yes. you can still enjoy your business. It's
1: just a hat that you wear. Yeah. It's just a hat. Uh, and I do see a lot of caregivers who end up having health problems themselves yeah. because they are so tucked out and not tending yeah. to what they need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for those that are listening, you are not alone. <laughs> and then it's never too late to turn it around either. Like if Absolutely. you feel like you're drowning, that's when you need to reach Hopefully out. Hopefully, before that. And before that, too, yes. that you Hopefully don't have to get. You to realize that. the water's getting deep. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I will put information about how people could reach out to you. Your website's Karen Whitehead Counseling.com. But thank you, Karen, for sharing the story. And I know that. It's going to touch many people who are going through this because at some point in our lives, I think it's something we all face. So.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. All right. If you guys have questions or want to reach out to Karen, you can post below in the blog or you can send us an email and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay and constantly battling burnout, Don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.